You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come in football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Today on the ZABEcast, how you doing, Milwaukee? The Bucks are in the finals for the first time since Kareem in 74. All eyes on Giannis's left knee. The sad story of Shakari Richardson, or is it? Andy Poland joins me talking firework accidents, hot dog gorging, and more. All that, plus how come there's no vomit patrol at the pool? Your bonus, uncensored, 45 minutes of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Tuesday, July 6, 2021. Thank you for downloading. Wow, here we go. Basketball, basketball. The NBA Finals are here, and the Milwaukee Bucks take on the Phoenix Suns. It is Bucks in six versus Suns in four. Your series price favoring the Suns right now, in part because of the uncertainty with Giannis. And his knee. The Suns are minus 190. Bucks are at plus 160 at mybookie.com. Go ahead and get some sweet action in on the whatever side you want. Suns are minus five and a half for game one tonight. Tip time 9.05 Eastern time, 8.05 Central. As this is going to be a compelling matchup with or without Giannis. I don't think they can beat this Suns team without Giannis four out of seven. They may want to slow walk it, and we'll see if he goes tonight. I know Giannis is fighting 
furiously with the doctors and the coaches and the medical staff to play. But I'm not sure it makes the most sense. I would wait, see what it looks like in game one without him. Maybe you steal game one without him. Now you're up one nothing. You've taken home court advantage and you've given him an extra couple of days. We'll see what happens uh, as of this recording of this podcast, still up in the air, still uncertain. But it's the first off-brand finals in a long time. And for those who do not live in Phoenix or do not live in Milwaukee or are not fans of either team for whatever reasons, whether you live in either place or not, um, it may not be of interest to you. You might be like, eh, eh, mm, eh. That's fine. When I say off-brand, I went and looked this up. This is the first NBA Finals without Steph, LeBron, or Kobe in 15 years. You got to go pretty far back. Uh, you got to go back to the Shaq-Dwayne Wade heat in 20, 2006, and then 2005 had the Pistons and the Spurs, which was one of the lowest-rated I want to say seven-game finals ever. It was a close series that nobody cared about. This one, I think, is going to be exciting. We shall see. This, though, is for all the Bucks fans who watched the Sixers and Iverson get pushed across the finish line in the Eastern Conference Finals against the uh, Bucks back in 01. June of 01, Dikemi Mutombo, never forget, game seven at home, shoots 19 free throws in that game, had had not shot more than 14 in a game in the entire series, was coming off not shooting any free throws in game six at Milwaukee in 44 minutes of play. Dikembe goes from shooting no free throws in 44 minutes on the road in game six, shocker, Bucks win that one to extend to seven, and then shooting 19 free throws at home in the clinching game. The Sixers held a 32-19 advantage in free throws shot that game. Cassell fouled out for the uh, Bucks. Uh, Darvin Ham, Irvin Johnson each had five as well. They couldn't move. That was when the NBA had its thumb more brazenly on the scale, when Commissioner David Stern made sure, you know, nobody's going to beat this Shaq, like this uh, Shaq Kobe juggernaut Laker team, and they were rolling. I mean, they were a dominant team. And the Sixers stole one game and then quickly got bounced four games to one. But Stern is like, well, no one's going to – they're not going to beat the Lakers, but we need something to sell. So let's get Iverson home. And they did. And that sowed a lot of bitterness and mistrust with Bucks fans of this generation. Now, of course, you go back far enough, the Bucks have had marquee players – and marquee teams, and they've had that guy Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but you got to go way back to the 70s. The more modern version of the Bucks has been nothing but disappointment, heartache, mediocrity, and you know what? Nobody cares about us here. This win and this finals appearance is for Bucks fans who had endured the conga line of big white stiffs. Kristowiak begat Prisbilla, begat Mikeski, et al., I think I got the order of those guys wrong, and I've only listed three of the big white stiffs. I think there was seven or eight along the way. This is for every kid who took Blue Edwards and Brad Lowhouse all the way in NBA Jam and had to grind their asses off to do that. It's for the Bucks fans who endured the 15-67 and 67 Larry Drew year in which Drew Henson 
was their best player. It's for Buck fans who watched Jabari Parker's knee explode. It's for fans who watched Andrew Bogut's Bogut's elbow go haywire as he fell from the rim on a dunk. It's been all bad luck and woe is us, flyover country. The NBA does not care. But then magic started to happen. June 27, 2013, NBA draft, Giannis Atentagumpo drafted by John Hammond. Give him credit, along with Nate Walters, who was their other draft pick that year. But it was Giannis, the skinny kid. I mean, skinny and raw kid from Greece, 19 years old. By the way, the Bucks that year, or the Hawks that year, said they really wanted him. The Hawks had not one, but two picks. Just one more pick behind the Bucks. At 15, they had to wait for the Celtics, Celtics at 16, and then they had to pick, uh, they had two picks in a row, 17 and 18, and Danny Ferry, the GM at the time, talks, well, actually, here, I, I pulled the audio on this, I don't know why I'm not playing it, I'm going to play this on the 97.3 The Game Show, uh, in fact, you might be missing it right now if you're listening to this podcast in the morning, so if you want more talk about the Bucks and everything else, that's the place to go, I'm just going to touch on it here and then move on. But here was the Giannis montage when he was drafted, and the Atlanta Hawks had really keyed in and said, this could be our guy. Atlanta owned two picks behind Milwaukee at 15. With the first pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Anthony Bennett, Victor Oladipo, Nerlens Noel. He kept falling. It looked like it was going to work out and get to us. Trey Burke, Stephen Adams. We heard early on when Milwaukee was on the clock that that's who they were going to take. And didn't want to believe it. With the 15th pick. This might be, you know, this is it, this is it. The Milwaukee Bucks select. I'm like, no, this until I hear my name, you know? <laughs> Giannis Adetokounmpo. Everything is like slow motion. Walking down the stairs and I'm like, that's the moment my life changed. The whole room just was flat, including me. That's Danny the motion, Barry. And the energy out in that room was crushed. <laughs> Danny Ferry, who is the son of Bob Ferry, the longtime GM of the Washington Bullets. Nice guy, but never impressed me as a GM. What a dummy. They ended up taking Dennis Schroeder at 17 and Shane Larkin at 18. Yeah, who? Shane Larkin out of Miami. Played four years in the league, averaged 5.5 points per game. You flip that second number one to move up a couple of spots. You call Utah, who took Shabazz Muhammad at 14, and you go, Utah, listen, it's your lucky day. Here, we got two first-rounders. Take one. We're going to move up to make sure we get Giannis. Now, they got Schroeder and Larkin, and the rest is history. So that little bit of magic happens, and then in comes Wes Edens and Mark Lazary, the two billionaire New York City hedge fund dudes who nobody knows in Milwaukee. They've got no connection to the city or the state. And everyone's like, hmm, who are these guys? They buy the team from... Senator Herb Cole for $550 million and then immediately begin to push for a new place, new place, new place. We need a new stadium, need a new stadium. They weren't wrong. The Bradley Center 
had long since gotten very tired as an NBA arena. Well, new arenas are expensive, and it's like, who are these guys? And they're basically, they didn't threaten, but they kind of said, look, if we don't get a new arena, we can't stay here. So there was a lot of apprehension, but you know what? Give them credit. They did the work. They met with the people. They schmoozed the state house. They sold the vision of what it was going to be all about. Herb, being the most generous dude in the world, was in for $100 million of his own money. On the way out the door, the New York City boys chipped in 175 themselves. The city was in for 250 Boom, hop, damn. Break ground on Fiserv in June of 2016. It opens in August of 2018, two years later. And said Lazary, quote, we wanted to make sure everything we did was first class. We said, here's our commitment to Milwaukee. We're here for the long term. We're not trying to save money. Our goal is to win a championship. And to do that, we're going to do everything to be the best. We think we have the best fans. We're in a phenomenal city. So let's have the infrastructure to support that. Tell you what, these two hedge fund boys have backed up that vision. And yeah, talk about fans, 15,000 in the Deer District outside. Unbelievable. It's a great story. I I get a little bit, get a little bit uh, sh- sh- schmaltzy, schmooze. I get a little bit, what's the word I'm looking for? I get a little bit too sentimental, I guess. I should probably reel it back into my cynical side. But you know, I've been there. I've, I've, you know, I was lucky enough to spend a couple of nights down there when I was up in Milwaukee the last time. It hurts me that my schedule doesn't permit me being there for the finals. But it's an awesome place. It's an awesome vision come to life, and the fans deserve it, and the owners deserve it, the city deserves it. But as Clint Eastwood once said famously. You know the line. Come on, say it. You got it? Deserve ain't got nothing to do with it. We'll see. Bucks and Suns, best of seven. First game tonight. Can't wait. Shakari Richardson, out of the Olympics, positive marijuana test. I've been watching and listening to the commentary on this the last couple of days, and I just keep saying to myself, okay, Are you people not seeing something that I see? Everyone's saying, this shouldn't, this is a dumb rule. Granted, she broke the rule, tested positive for marijuana. She said, by the way, she was too upset to hear about her biological mother passing and that she, in that weak moment, sought out marijuana to get high to ease her pain, and that's why she popped a positive test. People saying, oh, that's stupid, the Olympics still test for this. Okay, but they do. And being tested as an Olympic athlete is part and parcel of the game. Shakari Richardson knows this as much as anybody. The other thing I'm hearing a lot of is, oh, come on, marijuana, it's no worse than it's it's no worse than alcohol. And they say it's not addictive. Now it may not be physiologically addictive, but let me ask you this. Here's an Olympian who is on the verge of winning the hundred meters in, in the Olympics. She was Easily the favorite to do so. She's the best female sprinter we've had since Flojo. And she's dynamic, and the media is going to gobble her up. I mean, she is going to be the star of our team for the Olympics. She knows it. Everyone knows it. You tell me, what drug in the world is powerful enough to say to somebody who's on the verge of tens 
of millions of dollars, if not more, in endorsements and the pinnacle of their sprinting career. What drug is powerful enough to go, hey, you want to throw all that away? Come on. You want me, don't you? You can say marijuana is not addictive. And I guess from a chemical standpoint, that's true. But look at the power of it that she couldn't say, okay, I need to take a Xanax or I need to take, I don't know, I need a couple glasses of red wine or I need to talk to somebody or I need to go be alone for a while and, and compose myself. No, according to her story, she reached for marijuana. That's not a powerful drug. Oh, she threw away a lot. It's too bad for her. I'm not particularly like crushed. I don't feel bad for her because I save my feeling bad for kids with cancer and their families and other real heartbreaks in life. This was just a, geez, what are you doing? How, how could you let this happen kind of thing? Now, she may end up competing in the next cycle. She may end up still making a lot of money, whatever. But that's one thing I thought about. Now, it's quite possible that the narrative of, oh, I just reached for it the one time when, you know, my I heard that my biological mom had died is nothing but a bit of a cover story, which is fine if you feel like you need that cover story. If I had my guess as to what really was going on is that she is a casual, ongoing recreational user, which is not a big deal. I'm not going to sit here with my white starch shirt and tut-tut. <laughs> but that's a risky thing, given all that's at stake as an Olympic athlete. You would think they would say, you know, well, I like getting high. Mellows me out. I know I get tested for it, so i got to be careful. But guess what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait to do that until August. Can I just wait another month or two? So, yeah. That's just another take on this Shakari Richardson thing that I have not really heard. You tell me it's not addictive. You say it's not a big deal. And yet, if you believe her story, it was so powerful, she traded all that in for one relief night of getting high. To me, that's a, it's a pretty powerful drug. All right. Andy Poland is in the dock. Ready to go on a pseudo Monday, except it's Tuesday, which is going to be a short and busy week coming off the 4th of July weekend. Normally, Andy, on the day after 4th of July, I like to joke with you, hey, Andy, look at my fingers, all 10 of them, because you oftentimes get spooked by people doing their own fireworks. I can't joke that much today because, holy shit, we had a goaltender in the NHL die due to a fireworks accident yesterday in, like, Finland or something. It was a hot tub slash fireworks accident. What the living hell is going on? Good afternoon, my friend. How are you? I'm uh, not uh, not good hearing that. I did hear about that earlier. Actually, it was in Michigan that this took place. Took place in the United States. Oh, it was in Michigan. That's right. Novi. Novi, Michigan. Columbus Blue Jackets goalie Matisse Kivlenix died from a percussive injury due to the blast of exploding fireworks in a mortar-style shell that was directed accidentally at Mr. Kivlenix in a hot tub. And yeah. he and he also cracked his head open 
trying to get out of the hot tub as he was taking incoming fire. He was 24 years old. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is just awful. And uh, it sounds like it was a home deal. It was yes, not, of know, course it was a home deal. Yeah, and that's... that's Unless you brought a did, hot tub to a professional fireworks show. Right, right. And so this is why, you know, now these things happen occasionally where the fireworks, you know, set off. And I think there was in Ocean City yesterday, yeah. there was some... I was going to say, Ocean City blew off their entire show, public show for the beach, 10 hours early. Whoops, missed it by that much, as the saying goes. Fortunately, the injuries were minor, but yeah. There was injuries in that one? Yeah, but nobody had to be hospitalized, so it was, uh, yeah, it was a big mistake, but uh, fortunately not. There it is right there. I love the lifeguard whistling on the beach. Like, that's going to do anything. Nobody's listening to your whistle. There's a... And... That's it. That That's it. The whole show went up in about 30 seconds. In the bro- in broad daylight at 10 a.m. Yeah. Whoops. So, so we had a small show at the Zabin compound, the monogamous compound yesterday. Small show because... Everyone was scattered this year, and we didn't have you know big gathering. And I kept it light, right? I, I didn't get very many. My wife was fine; she was happy with that. Uh, my mom doesn't like it when the show goes on too long. She's always worried about the cops showing up. And I'm like, Mom, have you seen how many illegal fireworks now are shot off in neighborhoods? The cops ain't arresting nobody on Fourth of July. But I, 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 I shoot off the fireworks by myself. And I think, okay, that was a nice show. And I think, eh, that was about maybe 20, 22 minutes, something like that. I go to my camera, because I had to record it, you know me, mm-hmm. and I check the time. Nine minutes and 35 seconds only. And that included the time when I set the camera rolling and then drove the golf cart down to where the fireworks were. And when it was over and I drove it back. So it wasn't even a full 9.35. And do you know what I spent on fireworks? I have no idea. You'll never see that again, will you? In a matter of nine minutes, what am I doing? Every year I say, stop burning your money. Stop it. Well, it is your money, but uh, for whatever my cable costs are, (laughs) I watched it on PBS last night. (laughs) Speaking of which, I love Vanessa Williams. To, to absolutely the end of the earth, but it hurts me that she has now just become a nice old lady. I did notice that she had age, but you know, she, we all age. She, uh, she was Miss America in the I early eighties. You know, you're talking almost 40 years ago. I know. I think she's 65 years old almost. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that puts her in my demographic, which, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're just holding on there at that age. Yeah. I, I did. I did like the show on TV, although I guess they mixed in some, some old footage with the current footage. Yeah. It looked like a big crowd on the mall though. So that was good. Yeah, it looks like, you know, it's just about back. Montgomery County is is the only one that seems to have not uh, been able to bring things back. Uh, from what I read, almost everybody else was able to do their usual fireworks. So wait, uh, Montgomery County did not have a fireworks show? Uh, as far as I know. Why not? Because when it came time to make a decision whether to have one, which may have been January, they said, no, better not do it. Better January? Be wow. I think. I don't know, but they didn't do it. 
Okay. Well, uh, there, you know, different places. Milwaukee didn't have a lakefront show, not mm-hmm. necessarily because they they were afraid to get people together. It's because they couldn't get enough bus drivers hired to bus people in and out of the venue. Ah. Uh. It was yeah, a labor that, shortage, which is a whole separate thing uh, unto itself. So you did not attend any live fireworks. Is that right. the first time in a long time, or is it oh, two no. years in a row oh. now? No, it, it's been a while. Uh, you know, I, we used to take the kids every year, and we had it all. I had a great parking spot. Just oh, I outside know. Rich, Richard Montgomery High School. We were in the car, home, you know, before anybody else. And then... Uh, they moved it to Montgomery College because Richard Montgomery went through renovation and they put it in an artificial turf field. And when you do that, you can't set off fireworks because it could <laughs> Melt burn the up. field, yeah. Yeah, so they moved it to Montgomery College and then the access wasn't very good. So I, I didn't like sitting in traffic for 45 minutes after it was over. So I pretty much retired from attending You retired from point. fireworks. Good. Really? I would like you, if you don't, if you, if this would be too much to ask, just say so. But if you could, please remind me in the lead up to 4th of July, never spend another dime on fireworks <laughs> again. It is, it is a egregious waste of money. $326 up in nine minutes and 35 seconds and not even that. What on earth years, am I doing? 20 years of reminding you not to dispose of your disposable income. <laughs> and you have, you have never really listened to me. So. If I'm going to dispose it, dispose it on something that will at least stick around a while like a new Sony camera. At least that's a durable good that's got some resale value. Spending it on fireworks is literally lighting on on fire, and it's just so dumb. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Well, I do love it. It's insane. And you do it every year so that when you go, ooh, ah, you're seeing exactly the same thing you saw the year before when you went, ooh, ah. I know, and it's not like I made the fireworks myself in a bathtub. And I can brag to people, ooh, look at that, you know? (laughs) Some poor worker in China making, you know, six guan a day. (laughs) (laughs) Stuffed all that toxic phosphate with their bare fingers into these boxes and shipped them to us. I just lit the fuse. Total waste of time. Okay, let's get to the other fireworks over the weekend. And that is the story about the conundrum ESPN now finds itself with Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor involving NBA coverage and the leaked phone call that was accidentally uploaded by uh, Rachel Nichols herself to the company's own headquarters in which she called a f- advisor to LeBron James and bitched about Maria Taylor taking her spot on NBA Countdown for the finals and pretty much chalked it up to a diversity hire. Oh my God, what a stink storm this is. Yeah, now this this happened a year ago. This, this is important right. to note that that this happened just before they went into the bubble, or just as they were going into the bubble last year. And according to what Rachel told the advisor for LeBron, and just for the purposes of the conversation, they're both white. Um, that it was in her contract that she right. was to do the pre and the post game. However, I, I would say to her this: I, I don't know how the contract reads. But the ones I've signed in the past allow the employer not to use you. They have to pay you, but right. if they choose not to put you on, that's their prerogative. So there was no contract broken if, in fact, ESPN said, I know it's in your contract that you're the host, 
but we're deciding to go with Maria Taylor. So I believe you know, that's, that's called the pay or play provision. Yeah, exactly. And and the only time I ever heard of somebody outsmarting that was my friend Warner Wolf, who remember he used to do on the CBS Morning News on Fridays. He would do like bloopers, come okay. on and said, "Hey, come on, look at that." Hey, come on. And, yeah, and uh, he told me that when he did the contract, he told them, uh, here's the clause, you cannot remove me from the show. Like, you have to have me on the air, and that's a violation of the contract if you take me off. So that was pretty smart, I thought. Yeah, well, the other thing, too, is, okay, so it's written in your contract. They're now going to violate that contract. Right. What are you right. going to do about it, Rachel? What's your next move? You're going to hire a lawyer and say that you're going to take this public and take us to court over breach of contract. You know, we're like the only good place to work for these days. What are you going to do? Right. Like she had no real options. And that's why her only option was to pretty much bitch about it and then accept it, which she ultimately did. Now, here's here's also the other side of this is how ESPN handled it. This phone call was recorded by an African-American woman who was a producer. That woman turned the phone call over to Maria Taylor. ESPN decided to discipline the producer for doing that. They took her off the, uh, the show for two weeks without pay and then gave her a lower position when she returned. She has since left the network. Right. So the other employees are looking at it like, well, Rachel wasn't disciplined here. Uh, Maria Taylor was insulted by Rachel in the phone call, and the only employee who was disciplined was an African-American woman. So well, that's one way to look problems. at it. Other people are saying, well, what, did, what did Rachel Nichols say that was wrong or offensive? Well, she, yes, actually yes. Said, she actually said, I wish Maria Taylor the best, and that she right. covers football, she covers basketball. She just said, look, I, I don't want to lose my gig for ESPN's crappy diversity hires in the past. So right. it was a bit of a it was a bit of a side swipe. It was a bit of an implication that she was not deserving of the role. It was simply a check the box minority promotion. But what she said was not that incendiary in my opinion and it was ill-gotten fruit. It should never have gotten to ESPN. Although why did Rachel Nichols leave her laptop open? That I don't know. That that is that is a bizarre side of this. Now it may have been more than just a Zoom call. It may have been some camera that was set up in a room for ESPN to do her show, and, and she it was didn't live it was all still, the time. I guess she didn't know it was still on. Um, so there's yes, yeah, so there's that. How so about some? How about some discretion there, Rachel? Why don't you go to the to the bathroom and have that phone call? <laughs> well, yeah, or I mean, or call they, after hours. Just text your friend and go. Look, this is bullshit. I'll I'll call you later tonight. When everything well, is how, done for the day, how about is it possible? You know how how deep they go in the woods that they this they determined that ESPN was spying on her with a twenty four hour camera that was on her all the oh. time that she didn't know about. Oh, you know, like yeah. So so now here's the real pickle ESPN is in. Maria Taylor wants eight million dollars a year. She wants Stephen A. Smith money and turned down. $5 million a year, which is a massive raise from her current $1 million contract. Right. and Her and, deal is up in a week. Right. But on top of that, uh, they've now said, well, we can't offer you five now. It's more like two or three. Now, this is according to a story I that was in that. the New York Post right. last week. Right. And now that, 
there's speculation that that was leaked by ESPN to make Maria Taylor look greedy. Well, she, I mean, look, greedy is a very pejorative term. We're all greedy. We're all in this for the money. We're here to take their money. That's called being a pro. That's a job. But I would just say that she is way out over her skis, but she might have gotten away with it if not for being quite so insanely aggressive with her contract demands. The fact that they were going to pay Maria Taylor, nice, decent broadcaster, 5x what she was currently making and at least 2x what anyone else might have offered her is batshit stupid. Yes, if in fact all that's true. We don't know. That's I think it's let's thing. let's assume it's true. Yeah, like ESPN it, is continuing to bid against itself for non-valuable assets. Maria Taylor does not move the needle. Stephen A. Smith, even if you hate him, guess what? He moves the needle. Skip Bayless did as well. And so, therefore, their salaries at least have some hint of justification. Not hers. Right. Now, let's play this further out. Let's say that Maria Taylor walks at the end of her contract in two weeks. You cannot put Rachel Nichols in that spot now. Why not? Oh, because then it looks like the the white woman pushed out the black woman. Oh, my God. You're going to go by what it looks like? You're going to go by what social media says? Or you're going to go by what is a solid broadcasting decision? Isn't Nichols already still under contract? Yes. And in her contract, according to Rachel, it says that she is to do the show. But, But think of the backlash that ESPN would get if they made that move. Well, uh, according to her story I read this morning, they said a number of African-American staffers at ESPN found the release of the Nichols phone call traumatizing. Right. Oh, God. And I also read (laughs) where Adrian Wojnarowski said that Rachel was not a team player, even though I think, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, if I were advising Maria Taylor, I'd say, you know, the personal side of it is one thing, but when you're on the air, be professional. And because Maria, according to the report from the New York Times, she refuses to go on live with Rachel. Uh, right. They, well, they, yeah, they, they went to great lengths to have uh, Rachel's segments taped right. to look as if they're live, just so the two of them wouldn't have to do the show together. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah, one one of the most famous teams in our business, Mike and the Mad Dog, went several months without speaking a word to each other off the air, but continued to do their show. And and that's how you do it. That that's called being a professional. And I think I think if you know Maria Taylor's entitled to be incensed about this, I understand that. But there's personal and there's professional, and her job should come just you know doing her job and then handle the other things off the air but yeah well here's the other thing about uh maria taylor she left anthony davis off of her all-star ballot Mm -hmm. and then admitted because oh i forgot about him that's problem that's the kind of talent espn throws money at five million dollars here take it she's very good on the air she's good but they've got a whole stack of those yeah, they do. They have they have they, they have a stack. They have a stack. Don't know what to do. They have a yeah. stack of other African American and other broadcasters of color that could right. step right in. I think Malika Andrews is every bit as good. I think she's fabulous. Uh, Lisa Salters is a total pro. Yeah, they're yeah, just they would all women. they would all come at a much cheaper price. 
I just, oh my God. And so, wow, now ESPN is really sitting on a bunch of hemorrhoids right now. (laughs) Couldn't happen to a better network if you asked me. And by the way, that NBA said, Andy, you got Wojnarowski who said, fuck you to a senator because he said something mean (laughs) about China. You got Jay Williams who had one of the dumbest tweets of all time. You have Jalen Rose on there who, uh, I forget what dumb shit he said recently. And now you, you've got, you know, Rachel Nichols. By the way, I never liked Rachel Nichols. You know that. I always thought she was insanely overrated to begin with. So I kind of get a bit of a schadenfreudian ha-ha over this whole situation. I think she's, she's good. But the, the other thing about this whole thing is if you read the whole New York Times story, it reads like a dead spin piece, but it's the New York freaking Times. <laughs> and, and, and the executives at ESPN have to be have to be unbelievably blown away by that. Where did Rachel Nichols come from? She is uh, a local for us in the D.C. area. She went to Churchill High School. She went to Northwestern and she got a job at The Washington Post at a very young age, covered the Capitals. For a while and um, then got an opportunity to go to ESPN as a reporter. And I remember her camped outside of Brett Favre's house for like days, you know, whether or not he was going to come back and play. And, you know, here's Rachel still sitting there in Kill, Mississippi, waiting for, for Brett to come out of the yeah. house. And, yeah. and she I guess she got fed up with that and she got an opportunity to go to CNN and that lasted a few years. And then she came back with uh, more leverage. And, you know, she, and I'll, I'll give her credit for this because I did not think this was going to work. They gave her a three thirty in the afternoon, 12 month a year NBA show. And I thought, really? I mean, p- people in the in the middle of July are going to care about the NBA. And she's made it work. The ratings are good. The show's solid. And uh, she's she's really benefited from that. Do you think that's because of her, though? I think she does a very good job with it. And, and the does other she exude basketball to you? To me, she just comes off as just a, a very sort of, uh, you know, uh, shallow sort of NBA fan. Like, isn't it great, everybody? Like, I just don't get it, man. I don't get it, but I know you like her, and I know she's a local gal. She's a tribe member, and God bless her for that. She's married to a film director. Uh, she was part of... Uh, Esquire's Women We Love and one of Hollywood Reporter's 10 Most Powerful Voices in Sports Media. Now well, this could be her downfall. Could be. Did also, I think she may have been at ESPN or CNN, I can't remember, but in the Ray Rice thing, she gave it to Roger Goodell. She made him look like a fool at a news conference that he had. And okay. I was very impressed with that. All right, Rachel Nichols versus Hannah Storm. Well, Hannah Storm, I mean, uh, she's been around forever. Uh, who's better? I don't know if it's better. It's just who they, they do different things. They're both very good. Stop it with this. Just say one. which one. Rachel Nichols versus Michelle Beadle. Well, Michelle Beadle doesn't have a job now. <laughs> well, Rachel Nichols may be next. I'm just saying. I'm just saying I think there are more dynamic TV talents who happen to be women than Rachel Nichols. And I think Beatle, even though she took a turn for the woke and killed her own career, I thought before that she was dynamic. She was great. I think Hannah Storm is dynamic. I think she eats up the camera with her with her overall presentation and seems more genuine to me. Rachel Nichols never did it. But I, I'm, I'm going to get nowhere with these comparisons because you are clearly hashtag Team Rachel to the very death. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match 
with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come and football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. All right, speaking of NBA, are you ready for the NBA Finals? The Milwaukee Bucks against the Phoenix Suns. This is the first off-label Finals we have had in almost 15 years, I'm counting. And by off-label, I mean last year in the bubble, you had LeBron, as the Lakers right. wanted. You had Golden State for one, two, three, four, five years in a row. And you had Cleveland and Golden State for one, two, three, four years in a row. Right. So then we yep. go to the Heat and the Spurs in 2014. And that was, I believe, LeBron's last year in Miami, 2014. I think it was. Kawhi Leonard was the MVP, and they beat LeBron, okay? So it was Mm -hmm. a LeBron finals yet again. You had the Heat winning it the two years prior. That takes us to 2013 and 2012. Those are both LeBrons. You had LeBron losing in 2011, so we're still in the LeBron era. And then prior to that, we had Kobe in 2010 and 2009 winning it for the Lakers. The Lakers lost in 08. Spurs and Cavaliers in 07 involves LeBron's first attempt at the finals. He got swept in that series, right? Yep. And lost. Prior to that, it was 06. The Heat was Shaq and Dwayne Wade against Dirk and the Mavericks. And then it's, you probably have to go to 05's Piston Spurs for the really right. off-label, starless, even though Giannis is a star, NBA Finals. Are you excited? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's good. Although what has gotten really ridiculous to me is this incessant legacy talk. Stop. Just stop. You know, whose and, legacy and, is being talked about? 
mainly Chris Paul because okay. hey, he's finally going to get one. Now, I give him credit for this. He was late in his career. Oklahoma City said, you're, you're free to go here. You know, you're not going to win, so go ahead. And he picked Phoenix, and you go, Phoenix? Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. Tough fine. And, and so he's taking them to the finals. So I give him a lot of credit for that. But, but just stop with the legacy. And, and, and here's another one. Uh, if Milwaukee doesn't win, will the fans in Milwaukee hold it against Giannis for getting hurt? Shut up. Okay. Just See, shut up. okay. You are watching too much ESPN. I can tell these are discounted ESPN talking point memos that are being forced upon all the shows that they have. That's the dumbest <laughs> shit I've ever heard. Will it they is. blame it on Giannis? Yeah. I'm telling you, it's, it's insane. Do, do they it's... know how beloved Giannis is in Milwaukee? No, of course they don't. They ESPN called it a quote, terrible city, unquote. By the way, they're right. printing t-shirts with the bucks font that says terrible city for the finals yeah. what a dumb shit thing to ask i don't know we'll see if, if uh, Giannis plays um i know that my boys my producer josh and another producer at the station armin uh josh is 31 armin is a little bit older i think he's 38 but they're young at heart the two of them they went down to the airport to greet the bucks when they got nice. back. Yes, exactly. Nice. And Josh, allegedly, I'll find out this uh, tomorrow, uh, or actually this morning, when I talk to him in person, it seems like he was able to touch the Eastern Conference Championship trophy through the window of the truck it was being driven in. And mm. I'm like, wow, that's a hell of a thing right there. I think, that's, nice, one of the, I think that's one of the great organic traditions in sports when it happens the greet the team at the airport return for the heroes i i I like it too and when my son was very young before i took him to hebrew school on a sunday morning we met the maryland team as it came back after making the final four for the first time oh you did oh yeah the player signed his t-shirt and we shook hands with gary williams who i didn't know very well at the time and uh, it was it was really nice it was cool the the one hour what hour of the night was it no, it was early in the morning. Like they had played, they had played on the Stanford. West Coast. They Stanford, right? I think they, they played beat Stanford in that regional right. final. And they red eyed back, and they got back to campus at Maryland like seven thirty, eight o'clock on a Sunday morning. And uh, we met the bus when it came back to Cole Fieldhouse. So that was cool. Yeah, go figure, people. But, go figure. A- Andy was able to go is in the morning where his Alta Cocker ass was able to get up, and <laughs> that was perfect for Andy. Well, I, uh, my I guys, my guys were at the airport in Milwaukee at three forty a.m. drunk as skunks, but okay, enjoying but had, every minute of it. I had like a ten-year-old kid with me. What are you going to get? Drunk? Ah, you know what? That's good. Hey, you know what? That's good that you did that. I, I do like that. There are certain things that are just magical moments that sometimes they happen and if they do and if you can be a part of it it's fantastic i think that's one of them now can i make a little commentary though on, yes. on the on the trophy this this trophy for a conference championship has to go it, it's right up there with the hats for winning the division and the what? t-shirts no 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 what? the best one of the best what? scenes was was when one year the Patriots won the AFC championship <laughs> right. and they tried to hand Belichick the trophy and he he, he treated it like it was a he, piece of garbage. He, he couldn't get, get it out of his hands fast enough. Yeah, I remember that. He had it for two seconds and then dismissively just passed it on to the next guy like here. I think this is somebody yeah. else's. Well, that's the kind of flex you can have when you've won six of them. Right. right. Is it but six I, I, they're on to or is it seven? 
They've won. Well, Brady's won seven, so six with the Patriots. So they won six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a flex that he can do. I I think it's a championship. It's a conference championship. Championships deserve trophies. So your objection is not the rather mundane shape of it, which is just a gold basketball. You just don't like any trophies. Would you do away with the AFC NFC trophies? Yes. You would. Yes. So one trophy period per sport. Okay. You win it, you get a trophy. It, it, it's back to the to the participation trophy, which my basement is full of. It makes me it makes people think I had Olympic <laughs> athletes for kids. Okay. It's it's it's, it's a, what about in you win what about in baseball, in which you're literally getting the trophy of your league, which used to be a distinct and separate thing. Right, but the trophy for winning the World Series is the one that you want. I know it's the one you want. It's interesting. You're a one-trophy guy. Okay. I am. I am. Firmly one that, trophy. Okay. Then it means something. If you get a trophy, you've won something. If you don't, if you haven't won something, you don't get a trophy. Yeah. I will say that uh, having been a little bit a part of the uh, scene at the uh, Deer District outside watching games with a bunch cool. of young people. Yeah, it's very cool. Great turnout by the fans. And it reminded me of the Red Tide that swallowed up Chinatown when the Caps were making their run, watching the games yeah. outdoors in the Jumbotrons. All I could think of, Andy, was if the Wizards ever got their shit together and got a team like this Bucks team with a star like Giannis, the ride would be so incredible because basketball is a more accessible sport. It's broader. It's not as much niche as hockey is. This town, Washington, D.C., would go nuts for that. Well, D.C. has some of the greatest basketball legacy of, yes. of any city in the country. That The number of players that have come out of here and gone on to the pros is, is staggering. And you're right. Yeah, I mean, if, if best. And we had that first, you know, before the Redskins ever won a Super Bowl, the Bullets won a championship in 1978. And the problem was the league was not very high up on the uh, on the food chain at that point. And uh, it didn't get the attention it probably deserved. But if they win one today, yeah, sure, it's huge. Yeah. All right. This is uh, something I'm not sure if you saw it. Do you see the dad who made the catch of the foul ball in a baseball game (laughs) holding a baby and a beer? It was caught in slow motion. It is one of the most gobsmackingly. Wait, what did I just see (laughs) videos ever? Uh, What game was it at in the majors? Do we know? I don't. Uh, I just saw your tweet, but I did see the the video that you posted with it. I'll describe it as follows. A screaming foul ball, not a high pop-up, but a fast-moving line drive is coming at a dad who's got a beer in his right hand and what looks to be maybe a 10-month-old girl in his left arm. As the ball... Now, you you got a beer in one hand, you got your daughter in the other arm, where, what are you going to use to catch the ball, Andy? You got to uh, make a split second decision. This dad's split second decision was to let go of the baby, <laughs> raise his left hand, snag the foul ball cleanly, and then catch the baby again as it was dropping to the ground. And he only spilled a small few drops of his beer. Right oh now, that is, and I don't know whatever happened to this guy because I thought his, his act was pretty good. That is a classic Nick Bakai tale of the tape. Put it with the Willie Mays catch, for example. 
1954 in the World <laughs> Series. And he said, which is better? <laughs> right. I think it's at a Diamonds back, Diamondbacks game because he's wearing a Diamondbacks uh, jersey. Mm-hmm. And there's other guys with Diamondbacks stuff. But the faces in the crowd are amazing. And, and the little girl looks a little bit startled. Like, okay, so what do you think mom is going to say about oh. that? You almost dropped our child for a foul ball. What is wrong with you? No, that's 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 terrible. There was a a very tragic story uh, some years ago at a Texas Rangers game where a father was reaching over to try and catch a ball for his son and, and fell out of the stands hit his head and later to die. Um, yes. Uh, trying to think about what, I don't remember the names. I, or I, yeah, that was very bad. It just, you know, it was about a 10 foot drop. That's all it was, but straight yeah. down on your head. Uh, and yeah, I remember that. Oh, well, you gotta, gotta be careful in a ball game. That one is an all timer. All right, real quick. Jeff Bezos retired today. His last that. day on the gig for Amazon. His net worth went as follows. June of 98, $1 billion, June of 99, $10 billion, then July of 2015, $50 billion. January of 2018, 100 July of 2018, 150 and August of 2022, $100 billion. Now he's retired. A, yeah, well, I think he can afford to now, uh, but I, I also wonder this. When he had a hundred billion, did he say to himself, "Yeah, I'd like to retire now, but uh, I'm not sure about the next day." <laughs> do, do do the super rich, do the oligarchs among us, including Zuckerberg and others, do they bother you being that rich? No, no, not at, at all. all huh? I mean, you don't think there's anything bad societally to have well, people that have that much money. I know people that do feel that way, and many of them are liberals, and I consider myself to be a liberal, but he started a company that became an enormous success, and during the pandemic, I think his wealth increased by like $75 billion. I know. Uh, he, just, he just had a product that was it. He hit, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I do don't Do you think use that's... Amazon a lot? I don't use it that much, but I do use it. My my daughter uses it all the time. When she was living at home after law school, there were packages coming and going all day long. But is um, it a net good or a net bad, or neutral for I society? Think, I think it's something that's that's become a very good service for people. Don't you? I mean, one thing is. Uh, you know, people had stopped reading books. The books are bought on Amazon. That's what it originally started as. I know. I know. And, uh, and so, you know, it's very easy to just click on the book you want and it arrives at your house. And if you have Amazon prime, you don't have to pay for shipping. I don't know. It is, it has hurt the local retailer. Yes, it has. But, 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 you know, things change, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. And, and yeah, the brick and mortar stores, there, there aren't going to be as many of them, but frankly, there isn't a need for them. Shout out to the days in which you would go to Circuit City and want to get a VCR, and they'd say, ooh, we don't have any in stock. Let me call the Springfield store and see if they have one. Oh, you're in luck. I'm going to hold it for you. And then you drive 35 minutes around the Beltway to fucking Springfield to get that VCR. Those were the days, my friend. Nowadays, not only is Circuit City bankrupt, you don't wait and hope that your model is in stock. You just go click, 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 send it to me. 
Exactly. And and remember when you had to pay to have the heads cleaned on those VCRs? <laughs> or you could buy the tape that would clean the heads yeah. on yeah. their own. Yeah. Now they're a little dirty. No, it only costs 80 bucks. Just oh throw it out. Or, people don't even have DVD players anymore. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest came and went with several major ESPN glitches. They lost the feed twice, apparently. But Joey Chestnut breaks his own record and ate 76 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes' time. That is remarkable. And the first time he won, he did 66, but in 12 minutes. They've shortened the contest, and he's upped his dog total by 10. Unbelievable. Do you know what the calorie count on that was? Yeah, I saw it. It's it's, it's 20,520 20, <laughs> calories. It's basically the amount of calories you should have over a 10-day period. 456 grams of saturated fat, 1,976 carbs, and yet he's not fat. And the amount of sodium, I don't know how that doesn't stop a heart. Oh, yeah, 50,000 milligrams of sodium. (laughs) All right, Andy. Well, on we go into the dead period of summer. One month of good old dead period, and then football starts up again with training camps. Oh, you know what? I forgot. We didn't even talk about Dan Snyder and the penalty. Well, the whitewash and the uh, nothing to see here, kids, move it right along. That's yep, a separate that was... episode for yeah. next week, shall we? Sounds good. It's not yeah, going anywhere, is it? Yeah. Nope, nope. Unless, you know, unless it change of heart. But I don't think that's going to happen. All right, Andy. Thank you, bud. Appreciate the time. All right. All right no, take, take care. Take care. Let's end on this. I went to the public pool. On Monday with my daughter, Catherine, who really likes going to the public pool. It's got all the fun stuff that you and I never had at the public pool uh, You know, back when we were kids. Didn't have slides that were amusement park quality or big buckets that would dump down on your head and little splash pools and all this fun stuff and floating turtles you can stand on and jump on and blah, blah, blah. So we're at the public pool. And I'm noticing just how many lifeguards there are. I mean, there's an overabundance. The crowd pool is busy. But most of the pool is four feet deep or shallower, and it's packed with adults. (laughs) Moms and dads who are hovering over their kids. I saw one kid with a swim vest and arm floaties on, and dad was literally two steps behind him every step of the way in the three feet of water. I'm like... Okay. And the lifeguards are all standing there and they're walking on the deck. There's probably five or six of them at least. And they've got these long, red, floaty, inflatable, I'm going to save your life. Here, grab this. I'm like, this is not, it's not the Atlantic Ocean we're talking about. It's not Baywatch we're talking about. Anyway. Well, lo and behold, right after we got out of a break, which, by the way, who instituted the mandatory or seemingly mandatory 15-minute break per hour at swimming pools, at public pools. All right, everybody out of the pool. I get the premise of it. You don't want kids to get totally exhausted because they will, just running around, splashing around. Uh, you don't want their digestive system to get all messed up. More on that in a second. But who who came up with it? How did it become a thing? Is it standard operating procedure? Anyone who runs pools, knows pools, knows the history of it, I'd love to hear from you, Zabe at Yahoo.com. So, sure enough, about five minutes after we've reopened after the 15-minute shutdown, 
All of a sudden, the whistles blow again, and I see this commotion, and I look over, and there on the pool deck itself is a steaming, sopping, heaping brown pile of chunky kiddo vomit. And I'm like, oh, God. Now, this comes just days after the CDC put out a warning to parents, don't let your kid go swimming in a public pool with diarrhea. And then they included a graphic of it. First of all, so we need a government agency to tell us that. Secondly, did you really? The graphic? You had to show us what poop would look like coming out of kid's butt on a slide. This wasn't diarrhea. This was vomit. Equally gross, according to some. I think I think vomit is one click less gross than diarrhea. But that's just me. And the and and the lifeguards all huddle around and they've got no plan of action. They're just standing there and they're like, oh, they're talking. And then a couple of the blue shirts, the, the, the pool supervisors, must have been seven or eight young people there, teenagers working the summer, 20-year-olds in college, and they're trying to figure out what to do. Ah, go get a bucket. And I'm just watching the whole thing unfold. They finally get a couple of ill-suited for it sort of uh, pool brooms or deck brooms and a bucket, and they've got someone's got some uh, you know latex gloves on, and it was just funny to see the very uh, attractive, young, wholesome teenage and collegiate girls who are in their nice red, uh, you know, life lifeguard swimsuits, just horrified because they're having to stand around and figure out, oh god, we got to pick up this vomit somehow. I was amazed they didn't have a vomit patrol. I was amazed there was not some special device called the vomit vac. That was designed specifically for, oh, we got a puker. Okay, come here. Everyone clear out. That, that is disgusting. Why are you doing that? Well, I just thought I'd paint the picture of what a vomit vacuum would sound like. Yeah, it's called a wet vac, but we don't need to hear that. Okay. All right. Sorry. They had no plan for it. They had no plan. It was like they were improvising. Like the first time any kid has vomited on the pool deck. Thank God it was in the pool deck, too. If it was in the middle of the pool, that's it. Pool day is over for everybody. We'll be taking that thing down to the bottom, like in Caddyshack, and Carl Spackler in a hazmat suit is going to fish out (laughs) the last remnants of that puke at the bottom of the pool. Anyway, I think the delay was about 30 minutes. Uh, my daughter, Catherine, got a little bit tired and antsy, and she's like, okay, I'm done. And I said, all right, well, we're done, we're done. We'll be back into the pool another day. But I was surprised there is no vomit patrol at this particular pool. Maybe there is at your public pool. All right, that's a wrap for today. Thank you for downloading Spread the Word. Rate and review at iTunes. I appreciate it. Give me five stars, and I will give you a thank you in return. That's it. Nothing else, but I do appreciate it. Bucks, Suns, NBA Finals. It doesn't get much more fun than this if you're a Bucks or a Suns fan. So let's soak it up and really relish this last sort of flurry, this huzzah to finish the summer sports schedule. And we start turning the page into training camp and football in August. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and we will see you tomorrow.
With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come and football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.